Hello and welcome to another episode of the UK Airshow Review Podcast, the podcast we started because we had no airshows to review. My name is Sam Wise, aka We're Sound24, and with me today are Tom Jones, Tommy on the forum, Dan Ledwood at Leadhead27 on the forum, Dominic Vickery, Dom Vickery on the forum. You probably noticed that Ian isn't with us this week. Uh, unfortunately, real life got in the way at the last minute, which is a shame. Hopefully, he'll be back with us for the next episode. So the podcast has been launched now, and actually we've already had some feedback. It's been pretty positive so far. Um, we've had on the forum some pretty good comments. Uh, Logster and uh, Flare Path, Meg Eater all seem to have enjoyed it. So thanks for letting us know what you think about that. Uh, if you're listening to this now and you're enjoying it, uh, please go on the forum or message us on social media and just let us know that, what you think. I mean, if you've got any comments or you think things can be improved, absolutely do the same. And if there's anything you'd like us to talk about as well, then then get in touch. Uh, if you're not already, you can actually subscribe to the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Just Google UK Airshow Review Podcast on either one, and you can you can use it on those platforms. You don't have to listen exclusively through Sound through SoundCloud or on the website. So it's been a you know. There've been a few developments in the airshow world and aviation this week. Uh, do you guys have any news to to bring up? Put on the spot. Tom, Tom's just getting a big I folder was... of stuff out now. <laughs> Let me get my file. I was just telling. The, <laughs> I, was, I was talking to you guys. Um, uh, the a very very rare mark of Spitfire is going to fly again in the UK. It's been registered. Um, actually, it's not just been, but it has been registered on the on with it with it with a G register now um g k o s c um it's um a spitfire 2b which is one of only two that are known to exist let alone you know be in any sort of presentable condition the other one's in canada this one was dug up in france um i was just saying that i can't remember the difference between the the 2a that the bbmf have which well, which also I love. I think that's probably one of my favourite of their fleet, along with T three eleven. But I can't remember the difference between the B and the A. But regardless, it's going to be a very very rare Mark Spitfire, um, and it'd be good to see. So um, cool, uh, cool news on that front. Now I actually got <laughs> private messaged when I said on one of the other episodes <laughs> that I think all Spitfires look the same. So I'm not going to say the uh, <laughs> say that again this week. But it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, another one, particularly if much is made about the fact that it's a particularly rare variant. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a it's a um, one that was flown by Polish pilots, and I think the owners have a, a desire. I mean, assuming it all goes to plan, to take it to Poland for the 80th and 85th anniversaries of the Battle of Britain and victory in Europe. Do we know who's restoring it and where it's based? Uh, I've I've just googled it. I I just googled the civi reg that you mentioned, and it's come up with a, a Facebook page called uh, Laguna's Spitfire Legacy, and they've got a website as well. Isn't it the 80th anniversary of the Battle of Britain this year? Sorry, 85th of the Battle of Britain and the 80th of VE Day. Gotcha, gotcha. I got the anniversaries the wrong way around. Yeah, so um, the website saying that um, it was registered as Kilo Oscar Sierra Charlie on the 22nd of April 2020 uh, and it'll eventually be restored to look like P8331 so it'll, it'll be in RAF markings 
but the 303 Polish squadron markings. Yes, yeah, so, um, um, and it looks like it used to carry a name, I think it says Sumatra on the front of it. And squadron codes of RFM, if, <laughs> you know, if we're really going into details. And the third rivet from the cockpit will also be Have you got the paint codes? And, yeah, yeah, the humbral codes. <laughs> I, love, I do love, one of the things I find most, um, it, it, I don't know how, what the right emotion is, but amazed how like massive 303 squadron is in Poland like enormous national heroes yeah huge um, I don't know whether that's only something that's been brought back since the end of communism there or whether that was like suppressed in all that time or not but yeah clearly like they, they you see you see Polish lorries driving around a lot with like loads of Battle of Britain markings and 303 <laughs> squadron and stuff written on them yeah absolutely I mean look at look at how the Polish Air Force celebrate it. What is it? Is it every single oh, yeah, V twenty nine they've got, or a, a huge chunk of them have a three hundred three squadron pilot stencil on the uh, on the inside of the tail fin? Mm. Um, that was that, that was very cool to see at um, at Cosford as well um, in two thousand eighteen. When which incidentally was the last time I think a Polish MiG displayed in the UK. Has it been that long? Um, where they displayed the MiG with G R O B T the the Mark One Hurricane. Um, and um, a huge, yeah, huge nod to, to 303 Squadron and the Polish effort during the Battle of Britain. But and yeah, it's, it's another warbird, but it's it's particularly unique being a Mark II B. So it'd be very, very mm. interesting to see. Um, this one crashed near Calais, I think, um, in France anyway, and the other one is uh, is currently in Canada. So cool, uh, cool stuff to see. Nice. Imagine how excited the polls will be because I mean. We we're lucky in the UK in the sense that seeing a Spitfire at a UK air show is sort of staple nowadays. But I don't know how exciting it is in Poland to have a Spitfire regularly turn up. I don't know if it's going to be based. Is it, is it going to be based there then? Or I don't think it's going to be based in Poland. I just think that the owners plan to take it to Poland to ah, okay. to have some celebrations. That that remind <laughs> that reminds me of the um, the Silver Spitfire last year. Where it was going through all these countries, like Japan and Russia, that are, but like, but like Eastern Russia, where imagine <laughs> being a random spotter in that part of the world and suddenly having a silver Spitfire just rock up in the circuit, and nothing was ever made of it. I, I saw next to the only reason I ever saw anything from the silver Spitfire is because I liked the Facebook page. That's all I ever saw yeah. about it. Well, I, I it. I, I was in Nagoya in Japan when it was at the airport there and I didn't know until like it was too late I think I told you and you, I think you told me it's ridiculous it's a shame I, I would have liked more to have been made of that it was a very cool looking plane yeah yeah I mean, what's happened to it got in for maintenance doesn't surprise me I believe trip. having a bit of a rest <laughs> are they going to keep it silver or are they going to sort of try and find a, a more authentic scheme for it or are they going to go back round the, round the other way I don't know well, Put if they're listening, man. can you keep it silver, please? <laughs> keep it silver. Keep it polished metal, like every other Mustang. <laughs> I was going to say, I think the title sponsor was IWC, and I'm not going to pronounce the Schauerhaus and Watchers or whatever it was. Um, Good crack. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> crashed and burned there. Um, I don't know whether, yeah, I don't know whether they'll be happy to keep it sort of as it is, because um, there was a mock-up one in one of the terminals at Heathrow, like a scale replica which was quite cool actually okay. um, and it was a big part of their sponsorship 
during last year. That's pretty neat. Yeah, interesting to see what happens with that. Yeah, and uh, new swordfish. Yeah, new swordfish. Is it a new, new swordfish or is it an old swordfish? Well, new, new, new swordfish. Old. New old for navy wings, or for its you know associate uh, mm. operator. New swordfish for the UK. Coming over yeah. from Canada. It's cool. It's good to know a bit more about the swordfish because it's not, it's not as in new to the UK. It's been a, was it a year or two? It was brought over. Yeah. And, just disappeared really? and yeah I, I don't think much was it was there was a story or two of it coming to the UK and then from what I know it sort of disappeared for a while and now it's come out as a Navy Wings associate aircraft is it a White Waltham yeah okay so the news is, is more that it's been it's associated with Navy Wings now rather than it exists it's an associate aircraft yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Still, do you know? It's one of those weird things. I think because they're they're pretty rare, because they always seem to be broken or in maintenance. But actually seeing them displaying is so cool. It's way more sort of sprightly than it looks. Mm. I think I think the commentator when I saw it at um, I think it was Flying Legends one year. Uh, the, the commentator described it as the aircraft that does everything at ninety knots. Well, it was cool. <laughs> it takes off, bag, it, it cruises, and it lands at ninety knots. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, it is. It is cool to see. Imagine seeing two or three together. That'd be epic. That would be very cool. Well, do you know the first Yeovilton I went to in 2013? It was opened by. <laughs> it was opened by the Swordfish in formation with four lynxes. Nice. <laughs> Which is such a weird combination. Just, but just made chuck them up. Just chuck them together. Why not? Yeah, made a lot Go of sense. It. Yeah. Well, that's that's the that's the thing with um, Yeovilton. Actually, they like putting on those. Slightly different formation. It's, it's, I think every show seems to be opened by something, you know, a bit unique, a bit mm. Yeovilton, and then ended mm. by the Commando uh, Roll Demi. Um, do you say lynxes or lynx? The plural. I say lynxes because that would be the plural. Would it? I say lynxes. It's a bit like we say wildcats, not wildcat. Well, no, I can understand where Tom's coming from on that. It's not. You don't say mices or sheeps. Well, because those aren't the you word. Do, you do. Well. <laughs> uh, look, you know, some stereotypes are based in vicious rumour and slander, uh, and I'm not going to give that any more air. Um, is it lynxes or lynx? I've seen both. I think when you write it, it's... Well, no, I would say lynxes. I'd write lynxes as well. <laughs> I've definitely only ever written lynx. It just feels weird. It's a bit like... Um, Tornado. Is it is it Su-27 or Su-27? Well, no, th- that, that one is, has an objectively correct answer. Is it UK or is it UCAR? All right, steady on. <laughs> well, no, we, we, we have settled that one. We don't need to bring it up every single week. Sue or SU? SU or Sue. We, we, so the story behind this is, I think Tom and I both used to say SU and TU. And, uh, well, it's funny because actually everyone says, or, or plenty of people say SU27 or TU95, but they'll say YAK. Or MIG. Or MIG. Uh, so. MIG's always the, the example that I give. I say, you don't say MIG, you say MIG. Yeah. yeah. Which, which, is, which is how you pronounce big M, small I, big G. Um, uh, which, which is another thing a lot of people get wrong. They don't realise the G is capitalised. But, but what happened was when Tom and I went to Max in 2015, we were with uh, our, our tour leader, was Bulgarian, well, still is. 
and uh, <laughs> he corrected us, I suppose. But he, he, he is funny. I remember the conversation. He just went, I don't know what it is with you Westerners, and you always say, like, you always say the initials of things. Uh, it's, it's obviously from US designations, I suppose. It's funny, though, because when I went to... Um, <clears throat> When I went to Bulgaria with him, was that, was that last year? It feels like ages ago. I went to Bulgaria with him, but not wasn't actually as part of a tour, but it just went together. And he was having a real go at me for using the NATO reporting names for them. And that was <laughs> that. That was that was one where I stood my ground because it was like, yeah, okay, okay, I, I get that that isn't the name of the plane, but like, Fulcrum is a cool name. Flanker <laughs> is a cool name. So, yeah, he, oh he look, there's, like there's a frog foot taxi. You heretic, get out! <laughs> Every time I said it, because it's cause a I crash, say, get oh, out! Yeah, it's a fulcrum coming out, and he was like, "No, no, it's MiG 29." <laughs> um, but yeah, how do we get onto this? Navy wings. <laughs> that doesn't really help me. <laughs> looking, looking for your golden segue. I tell you what about um, Navy wings and associate aircraft as well. Um, historic helicopters are absolutely uh, are pulling such blinders with with what they're um, restoring. Oh, and um, I was reading a little bit about them, and I didn't know until today that they had offered their fleet to the UK government for COVID nineteen assistance should it be needed. Imagine that. Whole, just just imagine fleet. if they'd have just seen like, you know, like a, a, a whirlwind of Wessex and, and a pair <laughs> and a pair of sea kings flying around. You know, oh my doing God. doing COVID nineteen support. I'm quite sure that the government were like, it's okay, you know, we've we've got the MOD and, and a shitload of it. Still though, but, sixty years on um, whirlwind still doing its job. Good for them. Good for them. Imagine that. Just imagine it. That would have been so good. Um yeah, really really weird thing that I saw uh, that I saw happen. God. Re entered into ser- Well, uh what was it a few years ago or a couple of years ago, there was uh, a, a plane or an aircraft crashed a seaside show uh, and uh, the wasp that was also there ended up like I don't think it was direct search and rescue for it but was was hovering around giving information was it so um, these, was it one it of the Terry Martin yeah 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 the Terry Martin and the wasp was it one of the oh, was it turbulent, turbulent team Bay? yeah and they, yes. they, they crashed very in very shallow water and I think the wasp hovered over where it was or something? Didn't it upend or something? I, I I can't remember. Yeah, it ended up like on its back. Yeah, because it hit the water. I remember. I think I think that was at Herne Bay. Yeah, tried to land it on the beach. Good guy, Terry Martin. Yeah. Well, I, it's it's just it's cool how some of these old aircraft end up. I suppose it's easier with helicopters really than a a hunter or something. Well, that's a really <laughs> bad example. <laughs> <laughs> that's an awful example because of course hunters are still doing actual military work. Yeah, uh, red air and all that sort of stuff. Aggressive. Or just, just imagining a hunter doing orbits. Like, I can see him. I can see, see where the wreckage is. I'm mean, sure that that's orbits around a beach. <laughs> um, and of course, you know what the hunters often fly against in the RAF. What's that? Typhoons. 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 And oh, of course, it was announced sad. this. <laughs> Jesus Christ! They're getting worse every week. I um, and of course uh, this week it was announced that the RAF Typhoon display is, is definitely not happening this week, which uh, this year, which um, is probably not of any surprise to anyone. No, I don't but think. First time since what is it? Twenty eleven. Twenty eleven yeah. with uh, yeah. Operation Elemi, El- Elemi, yeah. in Libya, Libya. over Libya. 
since there hasn't been a, an RAF Typhoon display. And of course, that year was it was it, was it just at Riyadh? I don't know. I was that was that right beginning of me getting into air shows, but uh, it was actually supplied by the BAE. Demo. BAE mounted a demo. Um, oh, I can't remember the guy's name now. Um, Nat Makepeace? No, it was before Nat Makepeace. Um, oh, it's going to really kill me as well. God, there's an irony there, isn't there? Yeah. But um, they provided a demo, um, which was their Farnborough demo, um, in a non-Farnborough year. And that, but that was the only time the the, the Typhoon display was, was seen. Yeah. Back in 2010, I remember thinking, you know, the airshow season had finished, and it was like the off season. And I was just absent-mindedly thinking about, oh, you know, cool things or things to see at airshows next year, 2011. And I thought, well, you know, I mean, the typhoon like display. That, I mean, that's that's a shoe in, right? That's a guarantee. That's always going to be there. Um, and then it wasn't. <laughs> um, so I, uh, that was one of the, my earliest sort of thoughts about, oh yeah, you really can't take anything for granted in this hobby at all. Well, that everyone would have been thinking about about Harriers. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone would have been. Everyone was thinking that about tornadoes. Why would the RAF not display tornadoes? You know, and uh, yeah, they they haven't. Interestingly enough, um, in 2011, um, op op typhoons that were like right at the like start of their um, ground attack roll. Like, yes. like they were, like the. I remember the magazines at the time were making huge deals about what they were doing. They were like, were, were typhoons like self-lazing their own targets so that they have to get tornadoes to or whatever. Um, and yet, so, so the typhoon was involved, and yet the tornadoes, which were just absolutely also smashing it in greater numbers and in greater capability, still managed to put on their roll demo at shows throughout 2011, yeah. Um, yeah. which was uh, which was weird. Yeah, I I. I ne- I barely saw the tornado roll demo. I think I might have seen it twice at best. It's, it's a real disappointment of mine that I never really got to see that properly. It was yeah. fantastic. B- big F for the tornadoes. Big F for the tornadoes. It, w- it was bloody fantastic. The uh... yeah, it's just two tornadoes beating up. I mean, what, what, what do you want? I mean, I remember that the 2011 was my first like proper air show, and I went to Riyadh, and I just remember being blown away by how loud the tornadoes are compared to everything else. Like stupidly loud planes but yeah so i don't think it's any surprise that there's not going to be a, a typhoon demo this year there's no real air shows that we could can, can expect to happen like maybe something towards the end of the season october or late september but there's no guarantee that anything's going to happen there's no point working up a display and there's no real time i don't think so i mean it's like the shows that are still ostensibly going on at the end of the year I, I can't work out what's what's meant to be displaying at them because who's going to have the time and the ability to work a display up this year? I think it's only, only Duxford that's the sort of biggest show that's not cancelled yet obviously we've still got a few smaller shows but Duxford September's the biggest mm. yeah time will tell and, and m- m- the other one that stands out is Milan in France and, and that weird, I think we spoke about it Obviously not in the podcast about um, NATO days at Ostrava. They're still trying yes. to go ahead with that they in a so in a behind in, closed doors in Czech, and I'm not fluent in Czech, so I had to use Google Translate. Obviously, so you know, take it with a pinch of salt. But um, it they they implied that they were going to hold it the same event, but behind closed doors and streaming it, presumably streaming it online. 
which is interesting but I would be I would be more interested to know who would go and what displays there would be you know what incentive is there for the for, for display teams and, and display acts oh the red aren't the red still practicing and yeah red one had to tweet this week that um he had to make PDA make thing. a confirmation, yeah, that, that there wasn't that they didn't receive PDA. As he said, I don't know where that rumours come from, but we haven't got PDA. But implicit in that is the fact that they are practicing, and therefore the possibility of them getting PDA exists. Um, so, uh, presumably, they they will still need a PDA just to do fly pasts. Will they? Well, I, well, I don't know. Because because I can't think there's going to be they're going to be able to do much display. But what I would imagine that they would still be training for will be fly past to commemorate things being over now and um, now, you know, in the future. Uh, or maybe like it's just that. keeping skills current. Maybe there's no intention to, yeah. to get a PDA oh, yes, this year. They just want to keep the, um, the, the the display team running because, you know, perhaps it's more effort than it's worth to keep practicing displays Yeah. Um, rather than start, say, next next October I mean it will be in October that's when their season's work up starts I, again, I, can, I, I can imagine for a, a team like that and for something of that size uh, a year out just a, a year cut out of of, of c- continuation probably has years of knock on effects if you've got yeah. th- those skills that have to be maintained and kept current between the pilots as they come and go and just just generally the really high skilled nature of what they do I, I can believe that it, it it would have way more than just a year off and a few few more months of training effects. And I don't I don't know what they have or have not in the budget, but obviously they've got the the budget there. To, they might as well fly whilst they can. Mm. It'd be pointless not to. That's a good talking point. About, yeah, talking about budgets, they won't have to go out to Greece for this year and next year. So that that save a fair chunk of money. <laughs> yeah, probably disappointed about that. Yeah, Greece or Cyprus. Oh no, yeah, they went to Greece because of Opshader, didn't they? Speaking of, um, here's my segue. Speaking of Navy aircraft, um, Kennet Aviation posted an interesting update on their. Because you don't hear much from Kennet Aviation all the time. Um, and it was quite interesting to see them post a bit of a blurb and a bit of. Uh, a few photos, sorry, of what they're doing at the moment. So the work that they're still doing on the C5 Mark 17 SX336. But also um, their C5 Mark 15 that they're uh, restoring to airworthiness, which is cool yeah, because man. what a great looking aircraft that is. I, I didn't even know they had a 15. I knew, uh, yeah, SX is SX336. So every time I say SX, I want to say tricky because you know because <laughs> <laughs> the 2002 memories are still with me but SX336 is, is no stranger to the UK airshow scene but I didn't even know that they had a 15 That's which is kind of exciting, that's quite cool so there's what, possibly three Spitfires, you've got the, the Spitfire Mark 3 the 15 and the 17 uh, yes yeah, um, think of it. sorry there's, an, there's another PR, there's, oh Seafires yeah, yeah I'm, just, I'm just speaking that's about Seafires sorry I meant Seafires well I actually had to google um, or I'll do a bit of research, sorry, to go through some books of what a C five fifteen actually is, and essentially the C five Mark seventeen, without getting really into the nitty gritty of it, is essentially a Mark fifteen but with a bubble canopy and a cut down fuselage. So the fifteen has 
doesn't have the bubble canopy, which I, again, it's one of those opinions that I'll probably get shot down for. I think a non-bubble canopy Spitfire looks far better than a bubble canopy Spitfire slash Seafire. Oh yeah, teardrops, and it, teardrops I, for life. Hard, um, hard to disagree. Yeah, that's a that's a hard that's a hard pass from Ledwood. I um I I mean just like, leave. It's my opinion. It's subjective. I don't like. It's not. I don't like teardrops. I just think Razorbacks look better on everything. P forty sevens, Mustangs, Spitfires, whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um yeah, in the, in the Royal Navy blue, the two tone blue that um, SX three three six wears. Oh, that looks so good. I'm I'm very excited to see that. I don't know how. I don't. I mean, I, I'm. It spoke quite a bit about what they're doing to the aircraft at the moment. Um, I don't know how far they are in terms of getting it back in the air again. Like, I don't know if they've sourced an engine for it or not because it's Griffin engined. Um, SX three three six was. Um, that's had a bit of a checkered appearance. In I don't know it throughout the tens because it, it made a wheels up landing in two thousand eleven, didn't it? Uh, I think Anna Walker was piloting it. Was it in France or Germany, perhaps? Made the wheels up landing. It spent a couple of years under restoration. It appeared in 2015, you know, and it, it went all over the place in 2015, and then it just went really quiet again, and no one ever saw it. Yeah. Um, and they just had engine problems ever since, it seems. Well, they, from the photos they put up from Kennett Aviation, it looks like they're doing more metal work on the un- undercarriage, on the underside of it, so don't know whether it, there was still you know, hiccups from their previous repairs or something else happened to it. Seafires have got uh, wooden props, haven't they? I think all Spitfires do. I, oh, and that that is just inviting the DMs. That is. Yeah, I was going to say um... you're going to get you're going to get zerg rushed. <laughs> <laughs> like a seagull to ch- like seagulls to chips. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, you said last week that uh, all negative feedback should be posted to me. Do you want? Sure, you don't want to change it to yourself now? No, no, no. If pe- people can still. Uh, it's it's at Dan Ledwood on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Do please uh, send me a message on Instagram. Um, Say Matt. <laughs> that's that's Instagram nothing to do with the podcast. He's just really lonely. <laughs> please um, engage. I, 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 I don't know if they do all have wooden props or not. I think they do. I thought that Seafires had wooden props and when they made Belly Up Landings one of the benefits of having wooden props is that they splinter a lot easier than metal props and so the um, damage to the engine of turning a propeller that's not properly you know that's, that's obstructed is a lot less okay. but perhaps I'm wrong um, speaking of propellers C47s that's a better segue than Sam's ever done <laughs> good to me. I thought mine was actually quite good that but... is bullshit well, um, yeah. So obviously, it was a seventy-sixth anniversary of D-Day this week, this weekend. Well, yesterday, as time recording. Um, sadly, of course, there's nothing happening for that this year for obvious reasons. Well, I mean, I think there was one. There was a C forty-seven slash DC three flying around New York. Whiskey seven. Yeah. Um, that turned up at. Um... Duxford in 2014, wasn't it? Yeah, Ge- Geneseo. Uh, the Ge- oh, I can never remember the full thing, but it's based at Geneseo near New York. Yeah, I remember that. That was very cool. Uh, so yeah, uh, perhaps the best thing we can talk about with relation to that, without you know going into detail on the history of D Day and all that, which is sort of outside our purview probably, but 
maybe a reflection on the Dax over Duxford and Normandy uh, and and also what happened at Shuttleworth last year those those events that that we were all to some greater or lesser degree part of and observed and went to see so to, to, I mean personally I was I was at both the Shuttleworth meeting and both and uh, Dax over Duxford with Dan uh, we went on uh, was it the Tuesday the, 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 yeah the first day that they of the two days that before the, yes. the day before the flyout and the official days ghastly yeah. ghastly weather but we I think we mentioned it on a previous podcast but the sight of all those Dax in one place was unreal yeah I, I touched upon it last week when we were talking about writing reviews um, and that that warm fuzzy feeling of uh, seeing all those DC3s, C47s, and a, a, a Lee 2 all in one place. Um, it was weird because, as you say, the weather was shoddy that day. I, that, unfortunately, that was the only D Day related thing that I went to, apart from. Well, it isn't, it isn't an air show at all. I went to Presswick when a good half of the American contingent well it was the D-Day squadron uh, I think that's what the American uh, group was called, about half the D-Day squadron uh, had come over and that was such It was apart from being really nice weather the atmosphere was really good because um, obviously a lot, of, a lot of people were very excited there was a lot of local news crews that were there and it was you know gobsmacking to see these aircraft because they'd flown straight from Reykjavik um, to Presswick uh, sort of this marathon mission that they've been on, um, and it was it was nice to see, again not locking any current DC three liveries that we see quite a bit in Europe, um, such a, a smorgasbord of different schemes and liveries and stuff. It was just um, it was just crazy to see that many um, Skytrains DC threes Dakotas. C-47s, whatever, at Shuttleworth. Uh, an airfield that, until the season premiere a couple of weeks yes. before, had never had anything larger than, what, the Anson or something landed it? Or not for a very, very long time. And then suddenly there's, what, how many were there? Seven? Yeah, something like that. And I, it, Like, a massive I, I, number of I guess you didn't realise it at the time, but I, 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 I figured that that one landing at the season premiere was a, a test for to see if it could be done yeah well, yeah. You, uh, it, it, that was that was crazy well, it was it was announced quite late in the week for that that short West show wasn't it yeah it was it, yeah. it was very long Wednesday or the Thursday and then they arrived on the Saturday mm. and it was it, it, it was and, and we didn't really know what to expect because they we knew that they were going to be there supposedly and they sort of announced I don't even think they were that were they were they confirmed on the numbers that were going to be there? In the I think originally it was planned to be nine, but then seven turned up. But but everything about that event at Shuttleworth that day was sublime. Like yeah, it, the the fact that not only were they there, that alone they could have locked them, they could have put them on the other side of the field, and just seeing them would have been extraordinary. But they put them in the north paddock. Uh, is it not? Is it north? I can't remember. 
uh, I should really know more. It's like my favourite venue in the UK. I should really know <laughs> what the paddock's called. But they put them in the paddock at the top of the top of the hill, and completely open to everyone for free to go in, wander around them. You could talk to the crews. They were out chatting to everyone, selling things. They had information boards out. Uh, you could go on board. Obviously, not you know, depending on whether the operator wanted to open it up, you could go on board them. And the whole thing. You know, in, in, in that Shuttleworth venue with grass underfoot, surrounded by hedgerows, nice wooden fence, it was just the most perfect venue to have that access. That it, it, it was, and, and it was a nice sunny day, and that helped. But, um, to, it, well, sort of. It was sunny, sunny in the morning. Yeah. It was, it was, by, the, by the time the flying came around, it was, it was a bit, um, well, yeah. grey. But it wasn't, yeah, you're right, it wasn't raining, it wasn't inclement but and it um it, it just just to have that well to have that inclination to just not charge to go in to open it up in in that shuttleworth mentality that often seems to be the case of well why wouldn't we let people in you know what i um what i liked about the Duxford event was the fact that um <sighs> I've been to Duxford shows again. I think we've spoken about it on previous podcasts in the sense that Duxford shows sometimes have a, a slightly unpleasant atmosphere. Again, in the sense that it's a bit of a bun fight and stuff. I didn't get that when we went to the Dax over Duxford. It felt very much as far away from that as you could possibly get. That's interesting. You could one. You, you could go into the apron. There was a fair few airframes that you could actually go in and wander around and chat to the crews and stuff. And again, despite the crummy weather, it was actually a very pleasant atmosphere, which I think helps add to that. Rather than that very unpleasant sort of impersonal atmosphere you sometimes get at a Duxford show. Dan and I were were both. I mean, it was all great, but we were particularly excited to see the Lee, Lee Two. Oh, that was n- neither of us had seen before. Of course, the only flying Lee Two in the world. And yeah, that was cool. And that was open. We went on board. We had a little look round. We got a little little key ring, didn't we? Yeah. Um, and that was cool to see. And then we tried to go on some of the others that they'd had set out for people, uh, but I think we ran out of time. But what was what what was amazing was the variety of different aircraft that they had there because it wasn't just your U.S. Air Force marked C-47s. You had lots of DC-3s and civilian markings. You had. I, I love the fact you had Finnish, Swedish, Danish, and Norwegian DC-3s there, which was just cool. It's cool to have a, you know an aircraft from all of the, the Nordic Nordic countries. And that that Danish one just looks so Gorgeous, good, like, and it doesn't fly anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it is, it's wonderful. So I went to Presswick um, to to see some of the D-Day squadron coming over, um, and so it was about half of them. They come direct from. Reykjavik, beautiful sunny day and one of the ones that was there was the, I just assumed it was a DC-3, um, but it's actually a C-41A and it's the only airworthy C-41 in the world it was the it was the high polished metal one with the red and blue tail and it was absolutely gorgeous and what, what we were saying before when I was talking to a dead screen was the variety in in the different aircraft, apart from you know just your olive drab green, 
Oh, it was so nice to see you got silvers, you got high polished silver. It, it was, it was very. It certainly sounds cliche. It brightened up a dull, dull day at Duxford. So uh, you, I thought exactly? you were going to say something very rude. <laughs> yes. It, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it brightened up a dill. Careful. <laughs> what, what's the what, what's the C forty one like? Is there a particular difference? Um, so, as far as I knew, or as far as I know, sorry, a C forty one is a, a a VIP version of a DC three. Um, it, it's a standard DC three, but it's it's a military version. I think it's sort of like a a, a cross between the two, um, and it's got like swivel seating in it and things like that. Speaking speaking of transatlantic radial crossings, um, the the DC four that um, went to Norway this week. I'm not going to talk about it too much, but that DC four um, that flew direct from where was it? Uh, where did it fly from? Um, do you remember? Don't know, mate. You segued. Uh, that was it. Um, it flew from Yellowknife to Sola. Uh, sorry, to Stavanger in Norway, and potentially the last ever four-engine piston-engine transatlantic crossing that we'll see. Um, it's a shame the aircraft's not flying anymore. It, so for those that don't know, uh, it's, it used to be operated by Everett's Air Cargo. Um, it's reached the end of its useful life, essentially. So the museum in Sola wanted the aircraft. Uh, it's been painted up in Brathen's SAFE colours, and it's now going to be there in the museum. Uh, but again, I, I heard about it, I think, maybe last week or the week before, um, and there wasn't really much fanfare about it at all. I think there was a bit more fanfare about it in Norway, um, but it very very easily could have passed unnoticed. Yeah, that's that's crazy, isn't it? Sending it from Yellowknife straight to Norway. No yeah, stops non-stop. Stupidly long trip. Was it not full of dogs as well? Yeah, I, and it was full of dogs, which the story in <laughs> for, uh, that in itself was even better. I just love that, and it was full of dogs. Dogless DC4. Get out. Oh. Get out. No, I, I'm proud of that, and I, I will get that on a t-shirt, I reckon. <laughs> get a patch. I had a dog called Patch. Quite, 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 uh, Pitch quite the Norwegians. I, do you know, I, I'm not sure that it will be the last ever piston-engined transatlantic flight. No, I, 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 I think you're right. I, you know, I mean, who knows what the future holds, but... Um, Gosh, wouldn't it be amazing to see the um, Canadian Lancaster visit the UK again? Yes, but I even even as back far back as twenty fourteen, I was saying before it comes back here, the RAF should do the decent thing and send theirs over to Canada. Which first. you know that they won't. Of course they won't. I think they've publicly said that they won't do. They won't really take it outside of Europe. Which is a shame. Have they have they ever displayed the Lancaster internationally? The BBMF. Yeah, it went it, to it has, Holland a couple yeah. of years ago. It doesn't go far for obvious reasons. Didn't go to Switzerland for Air Fourteen, did it? Uh, I can say we need I Andy don't for that. Think so. Andy went yeah. there. Um, that's God. God, I wish I'd, I wasn't in a position to do it at the time. That's I wish I'd gone to that one or other of both of the weekends. Like that looked like a banging show. I think you're not a true aviation enthusiast unless you've had things that you've not done and then thought. Like, I mean, that's for a example, very long list. For example, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, a tremendously long list. But just just think about the um, the D Day celebrations last year. 
um, and I think we should talk more about them with Gordon and Nick but mm. um, I only went to the Shuttleworth I had a big case on at work that week I couldn't really get any time off but just bollocks you know like I wish I could have done I wish I could have done more um, and I regret that I didn't so hopefully uh, I'll have to maybe I'll wait another 10 years and then uh, we'll see but um that felt like one of those really big moments that had that sort of buzz around it that you just can't manufacture. Well, going back to Shuttleworth, I think, was it you, Tom, who said you're witnessing something great when Spitfires and Hurricanes are getting ignored? Yeah, yeah. Um, certainly at a British air, so absolutely. Did I say that? Someone said it. I think so. I was probably drunk. Um <laughs> <laughs> Normally, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, it's, uh, I'm speaking from a general public point of view rather than an enthusiast point of view. Who obviously enthusiasts want to see the, the rare and interesting things. Public, uh, um, to them, a Spitfire and a Hurricane is probably quite rare, so they want to see the Spitfire and Hurricane. So, if something comes that the public prefer more than that, then then yeah, it's something quite special. I was going to say, I, I remember when... I can't remember who said it. I, I, but I remember when the... Because they initially announced that uh, the, the Dakotas were going to go out sort of piecemeal throughout the day. And they ended up going out all at the same time, which was an unbelievable spectacle. Like That was, that was a proper, um, proper Band of Brothers moment. It was. And particularly as you're just that much closer at Shuttleworth, and it's that much with, with with the trees behind it, it's quite sort of closed in and intimate. To see them all going out, and you could tell that the the, the planes in the sky, no one was looking at them. They, I don't know why they even bothered sending them up. If I'm honest, because no, <laughs> when you had seven C-47s all, you know, powering up, taxiing out, waiting to take off on the ground right in front of you, there's. And, and and it didn't it almost didn't occur to me at the time, but none of us had ever seen anything like that before. That many in one go, just in the same place, all powered up. Never seen anything like that before. And then they all took off in in, in one go, and it was it was extraordinary. It really was a, a an incredible spectacle. I, because I wasn't there. What was displaying at the time that they all departed? Oh, good question. Very Deerigger. De- um, shuttle with stuff. Um, the comet displayed, fantastic display. Um, the Mew Girl replica displayed. The Anson and the Blenheim did a formation fly past. I actually think it was the. I think it was the trainers that were up. Oh, I see. What what was out. displaying whilst they were? Yeah, whilst well, the DCCs oh, were leaving. But also imagine being those pilots. You're up in this plane, and and you have you know obviously concentrating on your flying, but beneath you are all these Dakotas all powered up. You know, running up on the grass. Like, what? What must that be like flying over that? Well, we should get a shuttle with pilots on here if we can. I reckon that'd be amazing. That'd be G. That'd be Not, really good. Who, who's the current head pilot now? Dodge Bailey Dodge doesn't Bailey. isn't Hale, Bailey, head pilot anymore, is he? Step down. Is it Paul Stone? I I don't know. Yes, it's 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 uh, it, it's Paul Stone, who's the yeah. chief pilot. He took over from Dodge. Um. Cool. So. Airshow reviews. We talked about writing a review. Yeah. Maybe maybe we should talk about um, actually being staff members of a forum like UK Airshow Review. Sucks. <laughs> it's <laughs> bloody, Sick of all the messages. Bloody awful. No, it's it's not. Just I one big it. headache. 
but it's a double-edged um, sword. I think someone told me once that um, find what distracts you from your schoolwork, and then do that as a career. And I did, and it was planes. But I can't make money out of Ucar, which is really annoying. Um, so I did the next best thing: became a mod. Because at the time I wanted to write for a UK Asher review, and that was part and parcel. All the writers for UK Asher review are also staff members, and so are also therefore moderators of the forum. Um, and I remember I was prom like not pr promoted is the wrong word. I was I became a staff member back in 2014, and one of the first things that I did I went into a video thread with a very very good videographer of Warbirds, I'm not going to say the name but you'll probably figure it out um, and it was a really really good videographer and there was some sort of spat or something where someone posted a video, I think of a Lancaster and put in the caption it was quite YouTube clickbaity and said like, amazing sound and he just went in and was like, well actually um, it's not that amazing <laughs> you know, you've clearly got amateur equipment Here's my video of it, which is, I think, better. And I was like, oh, God. So the rules say you shouldn't hijack a thread, someone else's thread, with your own photos, just to, just for your own sake. So I sort of said that. And then it just turned into a huge, like, it just exploded. And there were videos being put up of paint drying and all sorts of really petty stuff. And I was accused of being draconian and... Um, I, I, maybe Hitler was mentioned, I can't remember usually is, but I was just like I was, I'd only been there for three weeks I was like, oh I'm really sorry, I, I've only just got a red username, I'm not really sure, but anyway he he left and didn't come back so he saved me the the agony of having to ban someone, but that was um, certainly a trial by fire, and then since then I just I just learned not to tolerate people back chatting uh, any moderation because it has to be done you know you've done a good job when when someone makes a meme of you. <laughs> not not quite there yet. But, who's you know. got who's got the meme? I think any, any internet moderator. The thing about forums that is slightly different to Facebook is that if someone's kicked off a forum, and the, and I mentioned this when we were talking about social media, if someone's kicked off a forum and their blood's up and they're like, yeah, right, right screw these guys. I hope they step on plugs. Um. It's quite hard to create another forum because you have to pay for it, and a lot of people forget that UCAR is is paid for. Um, we pay for these people to have arguments with us. Um, I say we. It's actually um, well, I'm not going to say who pays for it because I don't know whether they'd be happy with it. But it's it's privately funded. It's not like Facebook. So these people can't then go and create their own forum with blackjack and hookers and be like, <laughs> UCAR is so crap. It's slightly different, whereas with Facebook groups, you see a lot of people that are booted off a Facebook group and then they start some sort of crap parody group, you know, like uh, a Mac Loop LFA7 enthusiast hobby photos only, uh, you, you know, posts is a bag of balls, and that his load of really poorly edited memes of it or something. Um, so I suppose there's that quite nice safety net that when you get rid of someone or someone gets really angry and quits the forum that they're very unlikely to start their own forum sometimes it's happened but not very often compared to Facebook where you see it all the time it, it is I will say this 
and I'm not wanting to sound too negative, but it does get tiresome sometimes when it's the same old arguments that come up again and again and again. Um, I think I think the problem I have with it is if you if you've got without again putting a negative spin on forums because they are good places to be. Um, if you ban someone or give them like, a, for instance, like a week ban, and then they come back and they're doing exactly the same thing again, and you're like, we've just talked, we've just had this conversation. So I like, can you can you not? I, I will say this probably straight up. I I mean I'm I tend to be quite uh, hands off on the forum compared to other people on on the team. Like I I don't do as much moderating as other people. When I do, I tend to then be quite heavy handed. Uh, so what's that? Hands off and then heavy hands and then fists uh, in and then wait, jazz hands hang on no that's, sorry, <laughs> no, that's, sorry, that's, no, that's, that's, that's Tuesday evenings that's but, um, <laughs> <laughs> whoa but um, but I I mean I'm I, I tend to be quite zero tolerance to be perfectly honest uh, I just but but it, it is also on the positive side of things there's some fantastic debate that goes on on the forums um the, the, Ooh, yeah. There's a huge spectrum of opinions, experiences, ages, takes, and actually they they generally speaking come together quite nicely. Uh, and very often, uh, yeah, politics, the politics thread and off topic is one that I I don't even strain to if I'm perfectly honest. That tends to get a lot of very heated. The only other thing, I mean, well, React as the big one. I was going to say React often is... gets gets quite. Uh, angry at times the, the the worst one that really was bane of uh, of the moderators was the vulcan thread oh god yeah tell me about it they yeah. just i don't know what it was about you 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 either abs- <laughs> you you either hated the machine and everything about evolved with it or it was the best thing to happen to air shows since the Hendon pageants, I guess. <laughs> you know, it, it was. It's bizarre. It was, it was a polarizing one, aircraft. It, unbelievably polarizing. I think um, that UCAR is immeasurably improved by not having that thread. A hundred percent. I mean, let's also not forget that. You, and I suppose this is, this is sort of the first time that moderators have ever actually properly spoken about the thread from a moderating point of view rather than a personal point of view of re- our person, personal opinions of the Vulcan personal mm. opinions of the Vulcan don't come into it it's got nothing to do with that it's just got it's just the most unwieldy unsatisfactory thread around and I think that I think we were just all agreed weren't we that it, you know the aircraft have been grounded for what was it a couple of years two years two and a half years three years maybe I can't remember when we actually um, got rid of it but there was nothing new coming out, and what new <laughs> stuff was coming out was very uh, limited in scope in terms of what you could really discuss. You know, I think the cookie cutters that the VTS VTTS released. I just thought I, I just got to the point. I was like, right, you know, what's? I mean, they're cookie cutters. Fine, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> People want to bake cookies, fine. People don't want to bake cookies, fine. I'm not going to like... And I just thought, oh, Christ, on a bike, you know? And it just got so exhausting. The problem with the the, the heavy, the hard lot that moderators have is that they have to read 
as much of the forum as possible. Stuff gets missed. Always stuff gets missed. That's inevitable. But and, and we, we have it, to read as much as we please can. Please use the report function because it helps. Yeah, and, and, and please do. Attention. Yeah, Anyone listening to this, if you see something you don't like, use the report function and it flags it to us. Um, and and we can take whatever action we deem necessary, including no action, which you know, which sometimes happens. Um, but always use the report function. And if nothing is done, just assume that we've seen it and have decided not to not to take any action. But the Vulcan thread, and remember, it, it went through a couple of iterations. It was the I know, the third or fourth iteration when we just completely got rid of it. The second one was equally something like 400 pages long and it was the same characters who were you know individually very nice people it seems but when put together it's like bloody water and circuit boards you know um it just didn't work and it was just so uninformed and it clogged everything else up um and then and then what i was finding was that those rows and fights and little petty arguments were um, spilling into other threads and then that's when something probably needs to be managed a little bit when it starts spilling into other threads that are completely unrelated to the Vulcan and it's just the same usernames and it's going to be on the Vulcan the Vulcan didn't matter that was put on a peg yeah. it was just you know people having a go at each other and and with all of these things generally speaking both sides make good points if you're, if you're a down the middle person on the subject usually everyone not everyone, but usually most people have a good point because they're coming from their opinion and everyone has, just has a subjective take on the matter. But for some reason, I, I don't know whether it's the just going back to what we were saying about social media a few weeks ago, the, sort of the anonymity uh, that forums give you, but people can't be wrong about things. The, um, the difficulty with the forum... The difficulty with, with, with putting anything online, it's not a forum actually, it's because it's also a social media issue, is the feeling of failure or embarrassment when you're proven wrong. Or that you when you change your mind. You know, if you form an opinion and you put it out there online for anyone to you know, it's your right to an opinion, but it's also anyone else's right to, to come back at you with, with their opinion or their disagreement. And when someone comes back at you and they make really good points and you think, oh, crap. Fair enough, actually. They, 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 they've got me there. Everyone thinks that. No one ever wants to say it. People have said it to me. People have said it to me in the Brexit thread, the politics thread, the Vulcan thread, the React thread, the cost of it. People have said it to me all the time. And, of course, you never, ever want to admit you're wrong because there's this feeling that, like, human nature almost, that admitting that you got something wrong was... It's like a failure. It's like a... Um, you know, well, if you got that wrong, what else are you wrong about? And mm. which is probably yeah. an, it's an unfair thing to say. Um, and I think that's what stops a lot of people. And so people, rather than you know, they don't have to respond. You know, if you've been proven wrong, you can just be like, oh crap, I'm just going to stay quiet for a little bit. Um, but people are proven wrong, and and then they and then they think well they're embarrassed so their blood's up in one count because they're embarrassed they think how dare this person make a fool out of me and I think that's where a lot of it comes from you know you're proven wrong and you feel embarrassed and you direct that embarrassment onto someone else that yeah. rage that emotion and you think how dare they prove me wrong and two, one of two things happens either you stay silent and you just sort of just leave it calm down but not many people do that 
or you think I can't let this stand otherwise people think I'm uh, a wimp so I'm going to drill down I'm going to drill down even more and I'm going to be like no actually you're wrong and mm. I'm going to google furiously and I'm going to you know, be up at 2 in the morning looking at, at reposts for, for this person that's just had a, a go at me um, because it feels instinctually wrong to say do you know what I got that I, I, I balls that up sorry we'll try and find um, some article from 17 years ago that yeah why actually I yeah. wasn't wrong exactly you know I wrong. mean the internet is a fabulous place but it's also a cancer and I think if you look hard enough you'll find anything that will agree with you um, yeah and well yes it's, it's so hard it's so hard just to say do you know what I actually I had this opinion you, you've told me this and actually that's very persuasive and I actually now think something different it's so hard to say that because you're worried that then the person's going to you know stab you again and be like well if you're wrong about that what else are you wrong about it's just yeah and that's a really and that's a human nature thing I don't think that's a forum specific thing you have it on Twitter and Facebook as well so I guarantee at least 99.99% of us at some point have been like oh that person's really made a good point and it's, it's you'd have to have the patience of a saint's turn around and go oh, yeah I was wrong you make a a very valid it's, point it is difficult I, I'm I think you'd probably all say I'm quite an opinionated person and I tend to <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> and I yeah, perish the thought I'm, I'm the same I'm like that I try not to be but it it is difficult no one likes being wrong I think the worst of it is you know, if someone, if it happens at the workplace and someone says, actually, you've done that wrong, um, that's fine, because it's to your face. A bit like on Facebook, because it, it, I think we possibly touched upon it in the face, talking about social media, sorry. If someone does it on a forum and says, and makes a valid point, most of the time there's going to be quite a few other people that sit and go, ooh. And, you know, you've got an audience there that's mm. sort of watching it, particularly, as we've said, if, if it's a, a popular thread phantom audience and that's 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 what public posting of opinions is always um, that's the background to the posting of all public opinions because if someone proves you wrong in private you just think oh Christ yeah right fair point yeah and you just just leave it if someone proves you wrong in public well I'd walk out the room you think well you're alright but if someone proves you wrong in public on a forum you think I have to respond to this. I can't let people think that's the version of events. People make up their own minds as well. That's the other thing. Excuse me. People make up their own minds. But and I think that has to be accommodated when you're moderating. Um, you have to think about the person's situation, how they've made their posts. Whenever I'm moderating someone um, who's posted something ridiculous, it's very, 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 very rare that it starts that the, whatever they've posted starts out ridiculous normally what happens is that they've start they've said something someone else has said something else that disagrees and those two conflicting opinions are the pebbles that cause the avalanche before you know it you know one person's calling the other person hitler and the other person's saying you know um uh, well go and cross the road without looking and then you, and then and then that's when we have to step in and it's just like for Christ's sake guys come on but you know i think hopefully it makes us effective moderators because we've all been there ourselves. So I can understand that conversations escalate, especially online, when you're arguing with people you don't know. They're just numbers and 
and pixels and a, an avatar. Yeah. My avatar's from Tropic Bloody Thunder. You know, I mean, people can probably find out what I look like. Not not very. Um, without much difficulty but the point is that they're arguing with um, Link and Osiris from Tropic Bloody Thunder so that it doesn't sound like we all just massively resent our user base are there any positives to moderating the forum are there any positives to being oh hugely oh I think a fair few I think I think go on I mean, you, you don't you don't have to the, the nice one is for me and you don't really have to be a moderator to enjoy it is um the th- particularly at the moment is the themed photo threads all going through like golden oldies photos um, so, so, you, and so you, for you a positive is being able to curate the community as it were it, yeah um, it's you know I, I can happily spend and I've done it before if I'm winding down for going to bed sometimes I'll just scroll through um, the golden oldies stuff because some, some people will dump quite a few photos on there you know 50 or 60 and I'll gladly just sort of slowly wander my way through them because it's just really nice to look through something you know you go on Facebook and everyone's posted a photo of a recent movement from Mildenhall or something like that so so um, can I talk about the uh, competition in the theme photo threats I think we're just before we move on to that as well positive from me from the forum is the social aspect of it as well I mean we all met. How many of us have met, have met at, at Riyadh up at West? Um, you know, there is a Riyadh every every year. There is a a user meetup. Is it? Yeah. What's, I can't remember yeah. the. Uh... I, I go every single year. <laughs> I've still not been yeah? to one. <laughs> <laughs> That's your antisocial though. Slightly. I mean, on the same note, uh, not you know, not wanting to give it the big one, but sometimes you go places like air shows and spotting and stuff and people know who you are which is really weird like they'll not necessarily by face or, or whatever but you'll start talking about I don't know you car or stuff and they'll they'll say oh are you etc x y or z and that's happened before which is weird and and disconcerting sometimes but that that's quite weird is knowing that you 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 stand out as it were in in the community and hobby it, it can also be quite awkward as well when you've met someone before and you can't really remember and then you introduce yourself again there's like yeah we've already met I was like oh I can't remember well, you, well I remember not we had not really met but I remember um, I can't even remember what his username is now but it, I, it was a guy you probably might remember on the forum who I was having a real go at over the way he was writing and his spelling and grammar and all of that stuff because you know me I'm a bit of a grammar Nazi and I was having a go da, 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 da. and then I went to the Danish air show in, at Aalborg in 2018 and he was there <laughs> and he was he was on one of the media group uh, cars and we went out to the other side to photograph a starfighter and he was in the in the van and I was with Aaron at the time and I think Aaron knew it was him but he didn't say and we were chatting chatting da 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 da, da. And I said, "Oh, you know, I'm, I'm Sam. I'm, you know, Sam Wise." Did it? And he said, "Oh, you probably know who I am, then." <laughs> <laughs> he said, "I'm X, Y, and Z." And it was like, ah. <laughs> but no, it was that. But but he was really good, good spirited. Got on really well. It was, it was nice to meet him actually. And 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 yeah, and we we made jokes about the fact that I've been having a go at his his spelling and that. Uh, but that was that was funny. And yeah, that that does happen where you realise that 
suddenly sometimes people recognise you for who you are. Yeah, can I just say sorry, Wes? I will remember you next time. <laughs> <laughs> that that was a funny day. Um, it's in yeah. You know, I I just looking at the, the the podcast thread on the forum, um, and you know special mention to to Mig Eater. Never met that person. Don't know whether they're a, a, a man or a woman or where they're from or anything about them. Um, and they just said you know interesting to hear to hear me speak because because that person and I have had uh, some tussles in you know in in, in what, what what was it described as the burning cauldron I think of off topic mm-hmm. um, but when you actually meet the person but what I'm trying to say is that someone's online persona especially behind a username and an avatar where you can't see what they look like you, you don't relate to them the moment you meet them at an air show you think actually you know what they're alright alright fine we disagree about X, Y and Z but you know they, they got good crack we, we could have a couple of beers and I've always said you know I'll have a beer with anyone from UCAR um, whether they um, violently disagree with me or not on whatever opinions I have on whatever it is um, because we're not who we are online it's a, it's a, it, online reflects our personality but it certainly doesn't reflect all of it and actually when you go to air shows and you meet these people um some people have also come up to me and said, "Oh, you know, I, I think you're this person from Yukon." I'm like, "Yeah, I am. <laughs> I am he." Um, and they've been like, "Oh, well, actually, I'm this person." And I've been like, "Oh, Christ, this is really embarrassing because you know we've absolutely been slagging each other off for thing." But then we've had a really nice chat about whatever show we were at, and do you know what? It was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Um, so it's really important to realise that the person that we are on Yukon or online or anywhere else is probably. Um, a much watered down version of who we are in real life and we've got completely you know, we might have disagreements on Brexit or or on Riyadh or something but you know when you're actually talking to someone in real life you find so much more in common than you than you have uh, that divides you well there's Such a reason you're both at the same place well the, the way I think of it is in situations like that cause I remember I remember meeting someone at North Night Shoot. Who it was, I can't remember. Um, and I actually blurted out a, blimey, you're nothing like what you are on the forum. But <laughs> in, in, in hindsight, you know, when we're, when we're discussing you know, pretty heated debates with people on the forum, we're talking about something very, very specific. So unless you really have some common ground over something, it's not very often that you have a whole conversation with someone over one particular topic, whereas we're having these very dehumanised conversations with people that we don't really know about want something very particular. Um, so you aren't you aren't getting the wider sort of perspective of how a person is or how they act, etc. Mm. Um, and I think that's the thing you've got to remember that um, a forum like I just said, it dehumanises people, I think, a little bit. You don't get personality traits and stuff in there. Like, people that have met me have gone, God, he's a right annoying northerner. But, um... We also think that but about enough you, about me. To be fair. Well, that's fine. Um, <laughs> I make it known. Um, but <laughs> it's... I mean, yeah, it's... It's, it's not a negative... I'm not I'm talking about it as if it's a negative, but it's not. It's it's just a a side effect of moderating on a forum. Has anyone um, ever met any of you guys and said, 
I know you from Yukar and then calls you by your username because I'd like let, <laughs> let, let me let me say this now no one in my entire life other than my dad has ever called me Tommy well do you know I, the, I called you Tommy the other day on the podcast and I realised yeah. afterwards I don't call you Tommy because no every, everyone who knows me calls me Tom no I, no one ever calls me Tommy except for my dad and he doesn't even call me Tommy he calls me Tommy Star because you know dad <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, so does anyone be like, ah, we're Sam twenty four <laughs> or whatever it is? I don't think I've what did you call you Sam? I don't think I've been addressed as it, but it's been pointed out. Yeah, people people say it to me all the time. Um but maybe it's because it's Tommy and that's that's actually a name rather yeah. than like, I don't know, uh Tom Munch eighty six or something. The only reason I couldn't have Tom is because Tom was taken. Someone else has Tom and I've just never bothered to change it. So I've I've had a couple of people call me Leadhead, but that's be- that's only because I picked that username because it used to be my nickname in school. Mm. Um, so, yeah, but I, get, I don't think that really counts in in the sense of it's because that's what my username is on UK Showview. I suppose my username is pretty much my name, so <laughs> yeah, pe- people call me that. Yeah, they, well, they, they, they just chuck it, chuck it. In in... But like, like, does Dan ever get people come up to him and be like? Lake and East Strike Eagle, <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> or, or or whatever. Um, Nick, Nick but it is it is it, yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Me too. Nick if you like. All right, uh, call me. I mean, Joe Fraser. Sorry, couldn't remember which cover it was. All right, Mister Shashlick. Booner. But like, yeah, it's that. That's a bit. I've always found that a little bit odd when people go, "Hi, Tommy," and. Um, and I'm like, who, yeah, who's, who are they talking? Um, yeah, I, yeah. Um, but then I'm too polite to actually say, I oh, just call me Tom. It's fine. But you know, it was either Tommy or Sex Bond Twenty Four, cause Tom Jones. But um, I wasn't sure whether there'd be any filters for that, and I thought the joke would be ruined after like three weeks, <laughs> so I just went straight for Tommy instead. But and on but that note, maybe what, Sex Bond, we could. Uh we could start wrapping up oh sex bomb Tom Jones yes of course maybe we should get in to <laughs> finish play out this podcast d- barring any copyright with sex bomb playing and then just fading into nothing 100% not absolutely <laughs> uh, denied overruled do that Ian um, so I think probably on the sex bomb note maybe we could uh call this week's episode to close i think maybe it was a little bit more hodgepodge than previous episodes but uh we had a you know a few bits to talk about which was that That's came up during the week. Supposed to be about. yeah we had a few bits to talk about during the week that came up uh so that's it from us this week uh if you've enjoyed the podcast so far please feel free to share it around with any mates or family members of a of an aviation bent or otherwise you know it's, it's i hope it's pretty accessible uh, do subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts as I said and and most of all come on the forums come on social media let us know what you think if there's anything you'd like us to talk about can we do can we do one last thing sorry because we've been talking about D-Day and Shutterworth and Normandy let's see whoever's listening to this put your best shots onto social media at UK Escher Review on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook um, let's see your best shots of the D-Day 75th celebrations. Uh, That's it for us. See you in another episode. Goodbye.